So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Dwarf Podcast! everyone welcome to a new episode of so what is it a red dwarf podcast now gents we're on to series two how do you feel about that yay very exciting very happy about are that. you excited dan i am very excited yes excellent well the two mats are excited the third mat here is excited and dan's excited so. four excited people what a good start eh? <laughs> well i think there's good reason to be excited because we all enjoyed series one, mm-hmm. but I think immediately, I hope you agree, we can see a change and a move forward in episode one of series two, Crichton. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Definite positive move forward. <laughs> even right from the very start, there were things that I absolutely howled with laughter at. I think there were definitely more laugh out loud moments. Let's go straight to Matty because, as we keep on saying, he's the, the new one to the Watching Red Dwarf. So this is an experience going forward. What did you think, Matty? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, definitely you could see a big improvement. Um, first thing I noticed was everything was upped a little bit. Mm. So everything was definitely upped. Like the sets, yep. the sets were definitely upped. There were new sets. Yep. Obviously, um, we got to see outside of the ship. Well, that's a, that's a big talking point, isn't it? It is. Like, I let's go beyond the yeah. ship. Yeah. Because obviously the whole of Series 1 was contained. And I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking, did they, they didn't leave the ship at all, did they? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Not at all. We had flashbacks, but we didn't go outside the ship so yeah just the very act of leaving the ship was a big one yeah it's and it starts straight off with it as well it starts off straight off with Crichton in the other ship as well yeah. pretty much which yeah. is yeah great great I love that one thing I thought about with the fact with the the sort of the new series when they did the first series they did not know whether that was going to be the only series or not Presumably I'm not, sure yeah. Yeah, yeah. so obviously when they had been renewed for the second series then Obviously, increased vitality, and I and I think there was the the energy was increased, not only with you know the production values, but also in the performances as well. Well, we quite often talked about people settling down across the course of the first series, but they've had a whole, presumably a whole year to uh, work on this. Yeah. Dan, I mean, what did you notice? It was it was slicker from the off. I have mm-hmm. to say, um, as a, as a as an episode, it wasn't quite where my expectations were. It was better. I actually remember this episode um, from way back, and 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 don't didn't actually remember it that fondly. I I did. I laughed all the way through this. There were some really good bits. But uh, as you're saying, right at the start, it was slicker. Holly comes in. You know, they've 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 nailed that the distress call, the additional that that just seemed so much smoother, so much slicker, uh, and you know, as ever, um, a, a nice line from a nice line from Holly in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alone in you a godless, laugh, haven't you? Uh, yeah, alone in a godless universe. Still, you got to laugh, haven't you? <laughs> and it was just the fact that this seemed to me more like the red dwarf that I re- that I remembered and liked. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I'm not saying I'm not crapping on the first series. I did like it, but this is just next level. Mm. Yeah. There was lots of depth, and there was lots mm-hmm. of uh, extra little details. Um, uh, as well as I thought, including in that that opener, 
Um, you know, there were a few bits of philosophy in this, and I know that that yours too favourite episode wasn't Waiting for God, some of that existential stuff, but I thought there were a few really nice touches in this episode as well on that sort of score. But yeah, there were, definitely there some were themes, lots of gags. Definitely some themes that we can uh, touch upon as we go through this episode today. But yeah, as Max said, money for a new series, where they've spent on the uh, model of Red Dwarf before, we got Blue Midget, didn't we? The uh, ship going outside. Mm-hmm. We got uh, the, the Nova 5 that was crashed on the planet with where Crichton was with, with his um, charges. And, um, and, you know, in the beginning, it opens up with Crichton watching androids mm-hmm. on oh the television. Oh, my God, I loved that. Right. <laughs> but if you see, mm-hmm. at the end, the producer-director is named Kylie yeah, yeah. Gwenlin, yeah. which was a reference to Neighbours cast Kylie Minogue and the head of comedy at the time Gareth Gwynlin. Indeed yeah it says, I did actually know that fact. Well there we go. Um, did, did you spot who the actor was for Androids? No I do know I, I, I think I looked it up and I do know what it is but I can't who it was but I can't remember. Dan do you remember? I don't I'm afraid no. It was Tony, it was Tony Slattery. It was yes yes that's I, oh, yeah you're Tony right. Tony Slattery because um, I've known it in the past but listening for oh no who's that who's that I knew I knew him and I had to look it up in the end, but obviously he was... Do you remember Tony Slattery, Matty? Was, I know the name. He was I, big in Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. Uh, oh, Tony, in that case. Station. Yes, the comedian. Yes. The yes. comedian, yes, I do remember. Yeah. Funny guy. Um, so this would have been made in 89, yes? I, I think so. No, shown in 89, sorry. Um, it, it might have been made oh, in 89. Actually, yeah. It was aired in on September 6th, 1988. Oh, okay, um, all right. Okay. So then it would have been made midway through 88, I guess. So that means that... Um, it was when Neighbours was at its absolute zenith, when oh. it was the most popular, you know, the Kylie and Jason totally wedding topical, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally topical, yeah. I mean, I, I loved all the Android stuff. Just, oh, so did just I. Just the stupid yeah. the Android 37296. Yeah. Android 6A71B. <laughs> yeah. Androids have feelings too. But as a, as a nerd in me, I couldn't help but work in phone engineers because now, if you have an Android phone, they are all numbered and named like that. Yeah. So if you go into the operating system, they're all named exactly like that. So what I was actually looking at when they did the credits at the end, as a nerd of me, I was just looking at all these different Android phones. They're I bet mean, all... you paused it, didn't you, and flicked through slowly. I did. And do you know what? Do you know what? Four of them are actual models oh, of Sam- and oh, they're God. all Samsung. Sorry, friends. sorry, listeners. Um... <laughs> I find it. I find we've, it. Moved on from, we've moved on from video recording. We're now into the uh, now into the 21st century. But just yeah, just keeping that uh, keeping that in mind, what Dan was saying, androids have feelings too. Obviously, that is linked in with the overall theme of this message. But let's um let's do a quick round of something we found funny this week. There was lots for me. Yeah. I'm going to go to you. Matty first, I think I know what your choice is. You know is exactly be. what I'm going to say. Go on, go for it. It was the, I've only been gone for two minutes. Yeah, oh, yes, that's right. I, 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 I chuckled. I, a tear came out my eye to that line. That's a very Loved good it. line, yeah. I, apart from the androids thing, which actually I was still chuckling about when it went into the next scene, I think I, I, I really enjoyed Lister spray painting his arse and, and wearing his least smeggy things. And the um, the cat. Oh, your traditional two things when we ask for one. Carry on. <laughs> Let, less is more. The I love the, the the cat in his spacesuit with the cufflinks and Holly wearing a toupee as oh, well. Mm. Oh, well, you're you're a good wearer of a toupee. Not in real life, in shows, you're a good wearer of a toupee. Well, so yes. I can see why you appreciate that. Dan, what are you going to go for? You're going to nick one of mine, I'm sure. Uh, no, because I think one of the jokes that made me giggle the most was the bit where 
Rimmer's talking to Lister and saying, oh, you're always putting me down. Do you remember those two brunettes in supplies? Well, <laughs> I said I worked in stores and they, they were really interested. And what did you say? And I said you were a shelf. I just love that line. <laughs> I just think it, it was a, a, one of those little throwaway ones deserved far more than it got. I re, it made me laugh. So it's in the Well, I don't think it was throwaway. I think there are lots of... Uh, they've taken what works and made a lot of solid lines. Yeah. I'm going to go for the obvious one then. Uh, the, the sort of classic Red Dwarf moment, I think, is the dog's milk. Yes, because yeah, no, yeah. no bugger would drink uh, it. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's such a, a well-worked... It's not just one joke, is it? It's a, a sequence of good jokes that they build upon. It's not just you're drinking dog's milk, it's, you know, why don't they drink it? You know, no bugger mm. would drink it. You know, so I do want to spoil your tea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole sequence is a great sequence of jokes. Yeah. Can I have another? So this Do- is yeah, gonna, we can get there now. This is going to be three. We can go, now, you, now you haven't stolen anyone else's, we can get there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I love the fact that Lister was breeding mould in a mug called Albert. <laughs> I loved that. That's, that was, that was Albert, my Hannah Albert moment. Albert and Hannah. That was my Hannah moment for the show. Yeah, I mean, I think... We are sounding enthusiastic. There's a lot more to choose from. As much as we enjoy loads of stuff from Series 1, there seems to be a good bunch of stuff to go on. Now I'm going to bring Becky in, my suffering wife watching Red Dwarf. She laughed out loud several times in this episode, so that has to be the seal of approval. Okay. She loved, There's hope for her. She loved Holly particularly and his decorative. <laughs> no. Yeah, do, re, mi, so, far la... T wo bo I can't do it, I can't do it. <laughs> now it goes do re mi fa so la wo bo ti do <laughs> Do ti bo wo la so fa mi re do. When Norman Lovett was doing that as Holly, he was, you know, bearing he's he's acting as a face, as yeah. a head, as a face. You know, he he's not got a lot to work with, and he really was because when he was doing that, he was looking up as if he's trying to remember what it is. So he's. A, I think he was reading. To be honest, he's got well, yeah, evidently, but you know, he's got the, he's got the capacity of, of six thousand PE teachers. He's invented this, and he still can't remember it. And then once he realises he's out, he's out the other end. Okay, uh, and then he, he can look at the camera again, and it's just. A, but actually, I think he was playing that for that reason. I, I think, I think, I think this I is... I think he was playing it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I think this is the difference now with Holly. Is in first series, he had a lot of funny lines, but they were funny lines and silly things. But this is him being even more senile, isn't it? This is just that bit more stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dog's milk is holding it back and the inventing his decorative and stuff. Decimalising music. Yeah, wear, mm. wearing his toupee, stuff like that. It's I've written whole rock down. Was that his, his new style of music? Yeah, that's the music, the whole rock. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's just him being a bit more <clears throat> stupid. I mean, even with the... We talked about it before. He's much more visible now. He's got screens everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the new sets, wasn't it? The drive room. They all congregate the drive yeah. room. He's got a massive screen there. Mm-hmm. So he can be part of it. And they've upped the uh, video quality of him as well. Just they definitely changed it, yeah. Yeah, it's like proper full colour, full quality. Stuff. Full colour. Yeah, and full, full colour. Black and white to colour. No, yeah, it's full no, colour. Why am I doing tense television? I just thought... I don't know why. <laughs> um, the, another line I've got to say that um, I did make me laugh all I wrote down. Um, when Liz says, drop dead, Rimmer, already have. Encore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly, good. there weren't many wasted lines. Okay, and before we say anything else... Let's let's. I think there's like one or two things that didn't work. Um, yeah. Um, not too many. I'll start because I've brought it up. The cello joke when he was talking about the decorative. Have I missed something here? Is it just because they're bigger instruments and women can't open their legs too wide? Have I missed something? Do you remember? Yes. I know they're going to make mean. all instruments bigger. They're going to ban women from. 
I think it was trying cello. to be scandalous, or suggesting it would be scandalous for a woman to open her legs that to accommodate wide. two new notes. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Maybe it's just it, me. It that, that fell flat for me, that, that joke. Yeah, there were there were a couple of bits for me. I mean, I have to say, I whilst like Matt, I really really liked the uh, the the bit where he spray paint spray painted the the iron hole on, on his trousers. Mm-hmm. The montage bit, the musical getting dre- getting dressed montage. Yeah, that's the bit I've got written down. Yeah, yeah, that I, I didn't like it until the end when he did that. Basically, otherwise I, I, that bugged me. And my peeve, and I think it happened in the first series, and it still happened in this, when later on Crichton's cleaning the floor. And when Lister's drinking his cup of tea, when they have the dog meal joke, they're empty. No liquid. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure the budget would have would have stretched to some liquid, um, and I, that just bugged me. It was that was that was uh, that was Village Hall. Um, it's one Village of those things, isn't it? I mean, I think we've done that on stage, and we probably had a drink. That's what on I mean. And... You do that on stage yeah. so you don't make a mess for the next scene. But you know, this was television. You know. No, no, I completely disagree. I agree with you, Dan, but the whole drink, eating and drinking on stage. When we did um, a show that we did a couple of years ago, I managed to have a little pasty and a glass of apple juice every <laughs> single performance. <laughs> I think I was supposed to. Bloody lovely. I, talk, I, I, was, um, I was an extra in Dunkirk, the film, and there was a soldier walking down there, and they had all these wonderful pork pies on the side as we were, people were returning from Dunkirk, and no one was touched them because... And we was there for so bloody long, I ended up grabbing a, grabbing a pork pie and stuffing it in my uniform. And once I'd done it, every extra on the set started taking the pork pies. <laughs> I think it affected the film badly. Can yeah. you see yourself in it? No. Oh. <laughs> That's, they cut you out for that very reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I got paid. You can't that. be taking liberties. I got paid and have a nice pork pie. <laughs> Not even in it. <laughs> Anything you noticed, Matty, that didn't quite float your boat this week? Um... Well, trying to think, I am going through my notes at the moment, actually. You made notes? I well, a couple of lines and things. Maybe. Um, oh yes, no, I know what it. I know what it is. Go for it. It's actually the end. The oh, way yeah. that he says he rebels, it just kind of happens too quick. It does happen quick. Yeah. That was one thing I thought was very funny, and I laughed. But I think the way they did it was a very quick, just kind of turnaround. I wish they did a bit more of that throughout. Like, oh, I like the slowed. painting of Rimmer on the loo. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the payoff check. Now, obviously, you know Crichton comes back into it. That's not a surprise yes. to you. So, oh, does he? Because he's not... I know he does, because he's seen the photographs and, and yeah. the clips before, if nothing else. Um, and, yeah, so looking at it from a point of view of not knowing that, which is hard to do, mm. it is a quick turnaround, isn't it? And yeah. that character's journey is done very quickly, yeah. which they have to then reverse a little bit later on. But okay. I thought it was quick... And that, cause it was if they Christ. hadn't wasted time with that montage, then they could have spent a little bit. They could have spent an extra twenty seconds on him. But on they, exactly. had, they exactly. had to show him being subservient, didn't they? Really? Yes. They showed a lot of that. Yeah. Yes, because let's not forget he likes he likes androids. He likes he likes sleeping and dreaming of gardens. My favourite one is that I'm I'm in a garden. Mm. I thought that was right, quite sweet actually. Again, mm-hmm. a little bit of philosophy. It was sweet, yeah. And but the rebelling stuff stuff was good as well. And uh, again, another bit that Becky laughed out loud at. But yeah, watching the, the Wild One and Rebel Without a Cause and uh, what's the other one? Easy Rider, of course. Yeah. On it, See, uh, what do you got? <laughs> but, but that bit at the end, I don't want to jump ahead particularly, but I'm going to. When he rides off, I know he's supposed to be Marlon Brando, but it looked like he was about to cycle to the Blue Oyster from <laughs> Police Academy. Can I just say something? I've written th- I've written three little sent- three little, little blurbs at the end, and I've put better sets, better production. Crichton is very camp. 
<laughs> Very much so in that particular moment, certainly. Um, I mean, there was more money spent now. I mean, what do we think of Crichton's look? I thought the costume was. I would like to. Bit, I would bit... like to address Crichton and, and not want not want to jump ahead too much. I was looking forward to Crichton being there, and then when he started talking, and I thought, oh, hang on a second. Now I, I had been made aware of that the fact is that's not the actor that is in the majority of the rest of the of the show. I have never seen this Crichton. Right. I'd never seen this Crichton, and I thought, hang on, you're British. Whereas, and even though I know the actor that plays the next Crichton is British, but plays it not British. I'm not going to no spoilers. No spoilers, Matty. No spoilers. Well, he's just looking shocked. I am. No oh. spoilers. But it was like, Christ, your camp. And and lot more camp than I remember. Mm. Not that saying I that's, <laughs> not saying campness is a bad thing. I mean, you, you know, I'm a case in point. No, no, no. It's, but, it's, um, just, uh, it's just the way it was played, wasn't it? it wasn't in, in a bad way. No, it's not about. But as I said, the, the the show for me seeming a lot more like the Red Dwarf that I remember, mm. and then Crichton being completely different from what I remember. It was a well, bit. It's, it's funny you should say that because I mean I remember different. when I first watched this episode I felt that I couldn't connect with this crime very well mm. knowing what was coming up I think now took this much more face value for what it was it wasn't bad at no all. no no but 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 when I was younger and first watched it I had trouble with this crime and I think it took away from this episode for me watching it that way but but now I've you know, I, I look at it on its own merits, and I, re- I quite enjoy his performance. Any, uh, sorry, not wanting to kind of throw a cat amongst the pigeons, and not wanting to do any spoilers. Do we know how long this Crichton is around for? Well, is it just, well yes, we do. Is it just this series? <laughs> I am so confused right now. Well, should we, should we move on? From that? Let's move on from that. Not talk about Crichton in the future. When yes. he comes, he comes. Oh, all right, I'll get my curves. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm... well, no, and we said we didn't want to talk head too much uh, so we'll see what happens but she yeah I, I was just saying I mean I think that was the I mean still were a BBC set and everything but that was the cheapness of the episode was Crichton's outfit maybe they didn't have to think maybe they thought oh we haven't got loads of money to make a proper hmm. metal android or whatever but he had a sort of like poly, sort of like a bin bag type tuxedo I did the... actually have to laugh at Miss Tracy Miss Jane and Miss Anne especially when the <laughs> one falls face first into the suit oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was very BBC slapstick. You can, that kind of thing you can just see happening on I don't know Open All Hours or Hello Hello. You know the, there there was a bit of sort of classic comedy slapstick type thing, even though from a sort of it's a dead body, so from a slightly twisted kind of way. And there's a few bits like that when he was trying to get them to raise their hands. He was yeah. encouraging them to raise their hands still. And the other thing I was going to say when you were talking about the creating the costume, obviously the the mask of yeah. it all. You could tell that was one thing that really, really bothered me. I know it shouldn't have, but it was a fact at one point where you could see where his ear, the, there's an ear and there was a hole in the side where his ear would have been. Yeah. And you could just see his ear through the hole. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, I was just like, so is he actually, for a while I actually thought, is he a person wearing a mask in the show? Yeah. I, again, I think possibly we have to take into account this was the 80s and our TVs wouldn't have shown that. Still. Yes, that's I very still, true. I think we're still in the realms of it looks fine on a monitor. Yeah. Now watching it on however big a screen we're watching it on, yeah. many many inches, many inches on our four Ks. Oh, Dan, I was going to ask you, what do you what do you think? Do we need to square this circle of it's three million years in the future, but we have Nova Five and he's watching androids? Obviously, the the crew are dead, but androids are still being broadcast. Is he watching it on a video? What, what's going on there? What? 
I, I suspect for three million years in the future, there's um, there's probably a time delay. Um, I mean, Crichton talks about he watches an episode a week without wishing to get nerdy about it. If these things are broadcast from wherever they're made three million years ago uh, and they're fired out on radio waves or whatever every week, then they probably arrive once a week and they probably arrive quite some considerable time afterwards. Do you know what? I've already overthought it. I think he just enjoyed watching a... a, a, a I know. I think we, he just enjoyed to. watching a soap opera about androids because he was an android. It was the escapism bit. I um, we did find, you know, talked about the, the the time we 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 found out it was mentioned that they've been going for two years. So when we start episode one of season two, it's two years after episode one of season one. So two years um, on the way back. Exactly. <laughs> Almost. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So. It, there's a couple of a couple of little references in there in there like that. Um, yeah, I've already overthought how long it takes a, a broadcast of androids to to make it out to deep space. So yeah, I've got nothing more to say on that. It's but not so, it's not show. something I think we should go into. It's just it's just amusingly worth noting that is does the Nova Five has that travelled three million years in the future? How long have these dead women been there, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, you know? Well, I think slightly more than two minutes. I'm not sure how long flesh would rot away in a. <laughs> Spaceship environment. And why wouldn't Crichton um, have have noticed them decomposing? I mean, perhaps it's because he can't smell. Which brings me on to a point I wanted to make. How no is way. it that Rimmer can? Ha, I know. How is it that Rimmer can smell visitors? Yes, so, I've got that written now, down as well. Obviously, because it's funny. But he's an android. Um, uh, no, hologram. Obviously, he's a, he's a hologram. I <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I noticed that as well. It's sort of like, uh, it is those acceptable inconsistencies. Yeah, that's right. He smells Lister's orange yeah. space boots, doesn't he? His, his, uh, one's uh, his most least Moon smeggy boots. things. Yes. Hmm. Maybe that isn't his least smeggy thing. But anyway, so other other good stuff in it. Um, let's go on to the, the themes of the episodes. No one ever called me it, despite how many times I let them beat me up. Okay, so it's all about being subservient, isn't it, basically? And I think we do have lines in there. So a couple of poignant lines, really, especially about Rimmer's mum. So um, and himself is sort of like he was talking about. Um, they'd call him Ace. They didn't call him Ace even when he let them beat them him up. You know, and that sort of like yeah. you know Rimmer's tragic childhood past. Mm-hmm. There was a great line about he's got no regard for himself. You sound like my mum. <laughs> Point of order. It was Lister's mum. That is my purpose, to serve and have no regard for myself. You begin to sound like my mum. <laughs> you know, it's funny, but at the same time, it is pretty pretty tragic in many ways. And when you're also saying about his nickname being Ace, that's as your line I got written down. Ace said, Your nickname was never Ace, maybe Ace Hole. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, but but there was uh, we've mentioned that his dreams and desires, and I'm surprised I didn't bring the toaster back here to uh, get the AI stuff. <laughs> having these uh, dreams and desires. But yes, that's his raison d'etre, isn't it? To serve, that's what he's programmed for. Yeah, and then, but then, you know, don't be feeling too sorry for Rimmer because he totally takes advantage of Crichton, giving him all that cleaning to do and stuff before before the rebellion. So... But I, I think we, we will feel sorry for Rimmer. We must still feel sorry for him a little bit. I mean, these little clues do come up about his past and it's pretty... Pretty tragic, as I've already said. Yeah, well, you, yeah, he's a he's obviously a victim and a production of his environment and his um, upbringing, and that may be the reason why he, he behaves. Well, it is the reason that he behaves like he does. Yeah, it's not necessarily something we're meant to think too hard about, but I think it is built into the scripts 
and will continue to do so, really. Well, he oh, he is really he he is really a very tragic figure if you think about mm-hmm. it. But then again, you you almost stop yourself feeling too sorry for him. When he, he behaves like an absolute Nazi sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> nice. What do you think, Dan? He believes that the reason he is the way that he is is because of all this horrible stuff, the outrageous, you know, he, he, did, he, he didn't have knobby enough parents, he'd never had gazpacho soup, all this kind of thing. He thinks that's why. But, you know, the reality is that he almost revels in it and therefore, what has he actually done to try and change that? You know, arguably not a tremendous amount. I think so. So much of his character is is talking about how how horribly unfor, unfair it all is on him. If he didn't have the opportunity to talk about how horribly unfair it was, he'd, he'd really only have having a go at Lister to keep him going. Yeah, you're right. All he does really, <laughs> he would be completely one dimensional. It does add, add a complete different depth and dimension to the character. Yeah. By God, we'll rescue these fair blooms, or my name's not Captain A.J. Rimmer, space adventurer. And, and I think there is depth and dimension to the character, um, absolutely. But, um, yeah, this wasn't one of the episodes that made me feel really sorry for Rimmer at all. They, 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 they've happened and they will happen again, but this was not one of them. Oh, but I, yeah, I mean, I just mentioned that line but about letting him get beat up. Fair enough, fair no, enough. Um, <clears throat> right, we've not really talked too much about the cat apart from his spacesuit. Yeah, he didn't do a lot, did he, in this? He didn't do loads, but actually I, I felt that there was a distinct change in how they treated him. Mm. It was a, let's go collect the cat, come to the drive room with us, come on the ship with us. He was included as part of the, uh, the was, crew, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the crew now, opposed to the cat. Yeah. Collecting things, this is mine, this is mine, and fish, you know... Still very much doing cat things, yeah. like looking for, looking for a mouse with what looked like a large machete um but you know still still very much a cat but a bit like holly dropping into conversation as opposed to turning up to say something funny and then disappearing again yeah he was so taking part very in, much yeah. so we're, we're now looking at a four-hander as opposed to two main characters and two supporting and now it will always be about mr and rimmer but it is it's more of an ensemble now they're, they're, they're talking to each other they're interacting with each other a lot lot more and i just i like that that was part of that was part of the fact that I think it just felt a lot slicker, a lot smoother. Part of yeah. growth, yeah. Less disjointed, wasn't it, I suppose? Yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. not quite the incidentals that they were, are they? They're, they're now kind of, you know, part of the um, part of the plot and part of the dialogue as well, which is good. Really good. Yeah, yeah I'm so excited. All six of my nipples are tingling. <laughs> Damn, I literally got that written down right in front of me as well. That was the closest bit to, uh, to, to, to first season Cat, where he just, you know, he, he leaned back and, and, and delivered his line. Actually, he didn't need to lean back and deliver that line. He could have just said it before he left. So it was a oh, I liked it. I liked him. I liked him popping was, back in to tell the others. And that was the thing. It wasn't just him doing his own thing. It was he was telling the others and joining in and needing a twenty-four hours to get ready and stuff like that mm-hmm. first in the shower. Yeah. So it just it felt more integrated totally, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. Loved your space as well, like you. Yeah. And, and I got a cat line. I got a cat line that I really liked as well. Hey man, you threw the stick. Why you go get it yourself? If you're busy. If you wanted the stick so bad, why didn't you throw it away yeah, in the yeah. first place? Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that one. They're, they're, they're all working a lot better, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, more technical things. I think what helped was the, the fact that the studio audience seemed to be more, and not only are the lines funnier, but the studio audience seemed to be laughing at the right times a lot more. So 
therefore mm. the performance had more to work with in that respect. Well, it might be it might be likely that that people that enjoyed the the series one mm. were actually part of the studio audience, whereas series one would have just been a completely new show. Yeah. Uh, um, would you want to come and see a new show being recorded at the BBC? And you wouldn't have, they wouldn't have no, known anything it, about it. It was more awkward laughter, wasn't it, for yes. a lot of the uh, first series. This seems better jokes, better laughter, better response from the performers. So I think that that worked. Yeah, something. I, I think that's true. Or, yeah, or maybe they had a better warm up man. Maybe they did. Maybe. Maybe. I sat in an audience for a, a pilot of, of, of some show, some sitcom starring uh, Morwenna. Is it Morwenna Banks? Anyway, um, years and years and years ago. Anyway, never went anywhere. But sitting in the audience, a live audience for um, a pilot or something you don't know anything about, you do sort of not know where to look. Oh, definitely. So yeah. I, I, I think Matty's right. I think the audience is far more likely if you if you think how popular it was, but it was still fairly niche, probably fairly sort of cultish, I suppose, at the time. It wasn't mainstream. So so people would have been, oh, they're filming Red Dwarf, let's see if we can go along. So probably increasingly those audiences are going to be full of people who, who want to see it. Yeah. To see. I mean, yeah, I, went, I went to see a live show where so bringing up Baby, I think it was, and uh, it had, um, oh, what's her face in it? Who was in Miranda in the end, the, uh, the, um, the Dillington's, um, Oh, oh, <laughs> Sally Phillips. Sally Phillips, yeah, had Sally Phillips in it. Quite a long time ago, before she made it. Bear with, bear with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bear with, bear with. Yeah, and it is, it's, it is difficult to know when to laugh. We had no idea about the show. I can't even remember now how funny it was, but, but uh, yeah, but right. they were definitely more on it. While we're talking about that, I found a couple of random facts that I found quite interesting. One of them... <laughs> He's come becoming fact boy. I know, I, know, I like this, but one of them relates to the thing you're saying about the audience. From the first series to the second series, the audience went from an audience of 54 to 85. Makes a difference. So, there you go. That could have been the reason. Oh, oh definitely. Right. So, okay, big, okay, bigger audience. Okay. Another little fact, if anyone wants this one. Uh, the episode is believed to be the first show in science fiction where an automation gives a human a finger. Swivel on a punk? Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Breaking new ground. Exactly. <laughs> so that was Max Fact Corner. Oh dear. And and oh, we talked about this a long time ago, back in episode one and two or whatever. The set dressing. There was a big yellow banana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, I was vindicated. The the grey cans became a blue can in this episode. They've obviously <laughs> opened up another um, another part of the hold. It's been decontaminated, yeah, yeah. so they're working their way through. <laughs> I wonder right. if they've um, eaten all those irradiated haggises yet, man. Possibly. Have to do a recount. How many? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> but I mean, I've gone, gone through most of my main points I wanted to talk about. Anyone else got anything they, they want to say? Let's, should we have a bit of a roundup here? I think we've sort of covered a lot of bases, haven't we? Yeah. Let's, let's go to uh, let's go to you first, Matty. Yeah. You're, you're new to this, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I'm quite new to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely love this episode. Well happy with it. Really... Looking happy with how the series started. I'm very much looking forward to how the series is going to progress. Knowing now the knowing the characters, knowing the sets, knowing what to expect, I'm looking forward to how it's going to progress and what's going to happen. I, I don't want to sort of um, sort of tempt things, but this used to be my least favourite episode of this series. Oh really? So we'll see <gasps> how reactions Ooh. go from my own point of view to your point of view. Yeah, Matt. Um. As I said, I've, I think I've, I've given most of my opinions already. It was a lot more like the Red Dwarf that I remember for lots of different reasons because the, the, just 
the performance, the production, the energy. As I said, it was a little, it was Crichton for me took took a bit of getting used to. Guy wasn't a bad actor, and if they had kept him throughout the, the series, I'm sure he would have been great. Well, I'm, I'm going to throw a little spoiler in here. That actor does return in a future episode of Red Dwarf. Okay. Well, can that be a quiz question? Because I actually know where, how and when. <laughs> well, that may be next year. <laughs> Dan, you got anything else to contribute? I, I think, I, I mean, we haven't really talked about Lister. Um, one observation, I reckon he lost some weight between series one and two, which is, yes. you know... Agreed. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I thought. But uh, again, I thought it was a really, really nice episode. He's, he's leaning into the character. He's much more comfortable with it. Yeah. I think we saw, as much as we've all said and all agreed, I think that there were more laugh-out-loud moments, very little wasted in there at all in terms of dialogue and in terms of script. Um, we're still getting to see him as a character. You know, he got properly cross at Rimmer for, for as he saw it, you know, um, taking advantage of and abusing Crichton. Um, and that was the character that we I'd begun to see coming through in season one. So I'm glad that that's, that that's coming through again. But generally, you know, they've, they've nailed it from season one. They've taken it on, you know, they've ratcheted it up. And now quite literally, I'm looking forward to seeing where they can take it, literally, physically. You know, they're not just stuck in the drive room and the uh, and the bunk room now. They Where else can they go? And that's what I'm really looking forward to in this mm. series. And the best thing of all, he didn't sing. Hey. Get in! <laughs> I wonder when that was going <laughs> to come Trying to think up. what comes up in the future. But I mean, I, I went to, that was what I was going to echo what you just said there as well. The, yeah, particularly Craig Charles' performance, but, but all of them, to be fair. Um, just lines like where he's going can I just mention he's really really brave or incredibly incredibly brave whatever the line is I mean the way he delivers it is just a step above what he was doing in series one I think and oh so absolutely just ringing those laughs out which we did better. say <clears throat> might have been down to the fact of him of nerves and feeling yeah, un- yeah. uncomfortable you know, the, their performance is definitely improved much improved well they all know each other better as well I mean it's all, all sorts of factors isn't it but, but yeah I think I- that's our main takeaway, isn't it? I don't know whether it's the time or place to say this, but my mate AC here is incredibly, incredibly brave. He's he's growing as a person. Did you spot, by the way, and I say spot, uh, when they were waiting for Cat to join them on Blue Midget, he was reading a spot book. Lister was just a, a cardboard pages spot book he yes. was looking through while they were waiting, and he had a dastardly and Muttley pin on his um, uh, a badge sewn on to a spacesuit. I'm not sure you should sew things onto a spacesuit, for I'm honest, I'm not. A, I'm not an, uh, an or, or have cufflinks, or, or have cufflinks with well, them. That's why it's music. Yeah. Possibly but, not. But, but I one thing I did notice, a little thing I did notice was um, when they were flying back in Blue Midget, Cat had his hand on the, uh, say, steering wheel, the gear stick or something, and Lister slapped his hand off it, which I thought was a nice, yeah, little aside thing. It didn't. It wasn't to do with anything apart from it was there. There was there was a shit special effect when Cat is sort of like. Walking to the uh, to the, the the little spaceship in, in, at the bottom of the screen. Oh, oh! Did you say a shit little a special effect? But it was an effect that we hadn't had before, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah I know. But again, it, that was part of the step forward. I mean, they didn't do things like that for good reason. Space. We hadn't had that effect before. <laughs> it wasn't very good. I'm Thank you, Dan. Thank you. No, but but it was it's, again. It's part of the expansion of here's the sort of um, the docking bay and this is the size of the ship it, it was adding yeah. a sense of scale a to perspective yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah so but and it, I thought Blue Blue Midget really fits the vibe it was that was exactly the sort of you know ship that would come out of Red Dwarf it wasn't slick it wasn't swish it was very much in keeping 
Yeah. Did they actually mention the name of the ship, Blue Midget, in the show? Because I have wrote, I wrote down ship and then put name question mark because I don't remember them saying that. I don't know. I ultimately no, wrote down no, Blue they Midget. Didn't so. mention it. No, they didn't mention it. But it's well, there you go. Oh, well, I'm going to go. There you go with your spoilers. Spoiler alert. I'm going to go yeah. look, look that up, but it's definitely. I just wrote it down straight away. Oh, there's Blue Midget. So mm. it, it, it's not in the script. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Did you know what they were talking about, Matty? Because I mean, I I, 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 I assumed they were talking about the other ship that Graham yeah. was from. Oh no, that's Nova Five. Yeah. Oh, okay. C. Yeah. Spoilers. Blue Midget is the little blue spaceship. The, their little, their little kind of like you know. Oh, the little one they travel, don't they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, Shuttle thing. Oh, little bug. Yeah. Little what? Little bug. It's not. A, no, not a bug. no, it's not. Not the bug. It's completely different. <laughs> is that another ship? It might be. <laughs> I'm so okay, confused. so that's what this is. Then obviously a false memory. Then possibly, yeah. Ooh, interesting. Oh dear, didn't even t- we didn't even mention Esperanto, but there you yes. go. Yes, <laughs> Lister is better at Esperanto than Rimmer is. After all those lessons, as is Holly. I mean, Holly interrupting. The menu looks interesting. I think I'll try the chicken. See, so we I think we've nearly covered all the script now. <laughs> yes, we have, and, and we've actually done it. In, in, it's taken longer to, for us to do it than the program was actually on for. Well, Happy let's leave it there then. I mean, we can't cover absolutely everything. Even though um, we have. Even though we probably have. No, not the end theme tune. But um, yeah, it's actually been a, a few weeks in, since we've got together and talked about an episode. So it's been really good uh, and a good one to start with. So yeah. thank you, everyone. So um, we'll do the rounds and say our cheerios. Let's go in alphabetical order. Go! <laughs> Well, it probably is me because you're all mad. It's it probably is. is you. So he's working out which one of us is the host. So we'll say goodbye in alphabetical order. Chamita. <laughs> Chamita from me. Goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Bye, everyone. Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss?